John Andercheck. It is the 23rd of January, and I'm recording an interview with Galen Ash with Labor Slate out of the Bay Area, San Francisco, California, for Labor Lines on KRFP 90.3, Moscow, Idaho, and Labor Lines, a podcast that can be found on Anchor FM and some other platforms. Uh, Galen, again, he's the communications chair with Labor Slates. Uh, and I'm, Galen, I'm just going to turn Labor Slate, excuse me. I'm going to turn, uh, turn it over to you now. Uh, you're welcome to uh, introduce your organization, uh, talk about how things went in uh, just a few months ago in the last election, and uh, we'll go from there. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, John, so much for uh, having me on and, and making some time uh, to uh, discuss uh, the campaign uh, we ran last year. Um, the Labor Slate is uh, an independent political organization running labor and community leaders for public office. Um, at this point, we are uh, exclusively focused on local level races uh, from school board to city council um, and different boards and commissions at the local level. Uh, these are all nonpartisan races, and we run completely independently of uh, the Democrats or Republicans. Um, and we we make sure our candidates uh, get elected um, and win votes on a unified political platform um, that is pro-working class um, and uh, supports uh, low-income and, and working people um, right now in the Bay Area. And we're looking into the future to expand uh, across California. Uh, last Last year, we ran six candidates um, for local office. We got three of them elected, uh, and we're uh, feeling super excited about the future. We feel like a 50% win rate is, uh, is really exciting, um, and we're uh, looking to expand the number of races we can test in 2022 uh, and uh, hopefully elect uh, many more working-class candidates uh, to public office next year. Excellent. I agree. The first time up on the ballot in a in a, a dense demographic area, a lot on the table, Galen, and you did well, like you say, with that 50 percent win, uh, kind of like a, a new franchise team coming into the league. Uh, excellent record there. Uh, if you don't mind an analogy, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't get you into the series, but boy, it gets you on the board. Um, and exactly. and again, you're running a, a, a cohesive uh uh, program there. So it, it uh, as we spoke before, I believe your point was there and, and with some of your other folks in your organization, the point there is uh, uh, there is not uh, this tug of war between uh, conflicting special interests, no matter who they re- represent. You, you're, you're basically uh, a unified front uh, for uh, for workers. Or, and so uh, it, you, there isn't uh uh, one thing before the election, and then when you go into it, uh, you you end up being compromised. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're uh, we're bringing candidates together who have a shared pro working class vision, um, and we're electing people to to different types of offices. Um, we elected candidates um, last year to a school board, um, a health board. And a parks and rec board, right? And so these are these, these different boards have different um, purviews, but our candidates all um, all got elected on and adhered to a common platform that puts working class uh, families and working class communities first. So that means uh, better paying jobs, protections for unions, uh, protections for immigrant families, 
making sure we have Medicare for all, um, a Green New Deal, investing in infrastructure, um, and really making sure that we uh, we put working class folks first. And that means higher taxes on, on the super rich, uh, making sure we have more control um, in our workplaces and in our communities. Um, so there's this there's this shared platform that all of our candidates have. Uh, that platform is democratically decided by the membership, um, and it provides a real accountability mechanism to make sure that if a candidate gets elected and they start going against what uh, they ran on, uh, what the organization stands for, then we can run somebody against them. We can uh, we can take them off our off our slate. Uh, we can find a better candidate to uh, contest the election next time around um, and throw them out of office. The, the big difference between what we're doing and uh, historically uh, what, you know, what the left and, and what working folks have done in politics uh, before is that we're really trying to get away from the individualistic model of political campaigns where you have one person deciding, hey, I'm the best person to run. I'm going to be a candidate. Um, there's no sort of decision on a democratic basis of whether they should run or not. And then they go around shopping for endorsements and they'll take some endorsements from a labor union and an endorsement from the chamber of commerce um, and a whole bunch of other interests all, all at the same time. Uh, it's not surprising then that when push, push comes to shove, uh, they're going to go the way of where they got the biggest donations. Right. And that's often going to come from, from, you know, big developers, big corporations, Banks, tech companies, um, you know, housing, uh, housing developers, and, and people uh, investing in real estate—all of these sort of big money interests uh, that control politics, especially at the local level, right? Um, and so, building up an organization really rooted in labor, supported by labor unions and uh, labor leaders, um, provides the infrastructure to help get our people elected. Um, but it also means that those those candidates rely on the organization to get elected, right? And so um, it means that it, it brings a, a deeper meaning to the word that often gets thrown around, which is accountability, right? Um, accountability really only means anything if you have the ability to take your candidate out of office if they break their promise to the organization that, that put them into power, right? And so that's what we're doing. We're building up an organization that can get our people into office, and can also remove them from from office if they go against the interests of the working class. That's excellent, uh, Galen. Uh, and again, just on a little note, the last time we got together, uh, the recording wasn't going well. We we're uh, straight, true, and normal here. We're looking good with that. But uh, you know, uh, I just had a kind of had these conversations. I was involved with the state Democratic Party here in Idaho. And uh, on our Facebook page prior to our convention in 2020, I just threw out the idea, let's democratize the Democratic Party. And uh, boy, in the street talk, I got dogpiled on it. And a lot of people don't realize there's no Democratic Democratic Party or, or Democratic Republican Party. You can't even become a member. Uh, and a lot of people right. don't realize that, let alone uh, have a say so on not only who gets put up for running for the office, but if they stay there because... Uh, again, with uh, conventional parties, for lack of a better term, Galen, um, what we see certainly at a national level is, um, and on the local level, but the national news makes the headlines more often, uh, is for a progressive or a more representative worker 
uh, candidate. Uh, they have to primary that incumbent. And then again, all the power, not only of the money, but the party typically is behind that uh, incumbent, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, so I'm a union organizer uh, coming from the labor movement. Um, you know, I, I and other sort of labor activists and labor leaders and people fighting for justice in the workplace, um, we would never accept a union that followed the complete lack of internal democracy that we seem to accept in political parties, right? In a union, the entire leadership is elected by the membership, right? The priorities of the union are decided by the membership, right? Um, all of that goes out the window as soon as we get over to electoral politics. And so for a lot of folks, it's like, hey, we, we really believe in democracy within our unions and within our community organizations. That's a really important thing for us, right? You shouldn't be in leadership unless you can win the support um, of the membership without bringing in money from some big corporation. You need to go out and talk to your members, right? And talk to them about why you're the best person to be the, the leader, the president of your chapter or the president of your local, right? You need to have those face-to-face conversations. Suddenly we get, we get into electoral politics and it's really just about who can uh, who can pry the the biggest checks out of donors' hands, right? And and that's going to mean selling workers out, as we've seen with the Democratic Party time and time again, because ultimately big tech companies um, and other big companies, big banks and big financial institutions, are always going to be able to contribute more to their election campaigns than labor can. And we've seen the results of that uh, time and time again. So what we're really trying to do with the labor slate is make sure that you know, there's one member, one vote. You're a member of the labor slate as an organization. You have a vote over what is in the platform. You have a vote over whether we run a particular candidate in a particular race. Um, and it's, it's a real democratic institution, uh, as a political party really should be. Um, so we believe that it is, it is a fool's errand to try and reform the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Um, you know, you can never be a member. Um, and no matter how many people you bring into the party, their voices are never going to be able to counteract the amount of money that is brought into the party. Uh, so we need to build a political institution that really values uh, membership, that values the number of people voting and not the size of their checkbooks. Excellent. Um, once again, the, the union model for its flaws, and we're both union members, but we could speak of that. I'm not uh, uh, opposed to that in other formats. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, uh, to just put it in visuals here, if you will, is uh, uh, you go down to your business meeting at your local and you have that sergeant at arms there and you show mm-hmm. him or her your card. You are a, a member in good standing in that union, in that local. You sit down and you get your raise your hand, yay or nay. I mean, there's exactly. there's there's structure to it as, a, you know, there'd be organized. There could be a bargaining committee. There's that. It's, it's not a perfect example, but uh, you, you don't get to do that in either of the parties that uh, and that's fine, except for the fact that they control everything else. They control the uh, the ballot line. They have the laws written for them. Um, and like I said, when I proposed this uh, uh, in 2020 on our online uh, convention, um, uh, I was advised by a fellow traveler who stuck up for me uh, online, but told me privately, he says, you're really threatening these people personally because, you know, they played the game. They got to that position. And, you know, as we would say, if they wanted our opinion, they'd give it to us. 
Uh, and again, a, not a perfect system, but a, a look at uh, Europe, Galen. Uh, a couple, three years ago, I heard this interview that really opened my eyes was if you want to be part of the Labour Party in the UK, you go down to their office. I'm sure you sign a statement saying that you're part of that. You adhere to their principles. Uh, you pay some dues. Uh, nominal, uh, perhaps, or otherwise, but that gives you, uh, you're a stakeholder then. And then when you show up again at that meeting, there's that sergeant at arms and they say, so-and-so, these people have been verified to be members in good standing. And and that sounds to me like the model, more or less, you're constructing there uh, with Labor Slate down in the Bay Area. Exactly. That's absolutely right. And um, it's really about creating that uh, membership model um, and uh, building a model based on you, you need to be involved. You don't just show up uh, every four years and, and vote for whatever candidates happen to be running. Um, but you're going you're gonna to vote on, on nominations. You're going to vote on picking the candidate that we as an organization want to put forward in this particular race, right? Um, so, yeah, it's a much more involved process. All members pay dues. Uh, we keep our dues uh, super low to make sure it's accessible to everybody. Um, you know, very similar to the, the Labour Party in the UK or, or the NDP in uh, my home country, Canada. Um, so yeah, nominal dues, but it means everybody has, uh, has skin in the game, right? People have an investment in the organization um, to make sure that they're, uh, the, the, the candidates that they support and the policies that they support actually get uh, elected and implemented. Right, and another model that... Uh uh, I would share also, which is it's 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 a, not a political party; it's a social welfare party. Is the Democratic Socialists of America, and one of the things okay. that drew me to them was this exact model. And as far as the dues, um, if you can't, uh, you know, there's different levels, uh, but you can even sign a waiver and say I can't afford any. Uh, but by signing that statement, you're still given uh, that membership, that stake in the game. Absolutely, I think I think that's really important. You know. Um, it's important that we recognize that we're an organization of the working class, and I'm talking about the labor slate. Uh, we're an organization of the working class, um, and the vast majority of the working class does work, right? The vast majority of the working class works a job and uh, has an income and is able to pay dues, and that's great, and that's what builds up our organization, keeps us uh, strong, enables us to run viable campaigns to actually get our people elected. Um, but there's a lot of working class folks who aren't currently working, right? Whether they're students and they're uh, basically studying or training for a job um, or they're retired folks, right? And they're on a fixed income. They're on either a pension or or maybe just only Social Security, right? Um, and then there's the, the the army of the unemployed, right? All the folks who are between jobs and, and don't have a job right now. There's disabled folks who, whether due to a workplace accident or to a disease or some underlying health condition aren't able to work, right? All of these folks are part of the working class and they all need to be included in determining the direction of the policies um, that we advance as a working class organization. So yeah, there are gonna be folks who, um, who due to whatever life circumstances they're in, can't afford dues right now. And so we, we really make an effort to make sure the dues are super low so that it's really low barrier to entry for everyone. Um, and in rare cases where someone is, you know, it's between having, having dinner that night and paying their dues to build the organization, absolutely there's flexibility. Um, but we really think, you know, to build up an organization that is going to be able to go toe to toe, uh, with capital, 
with the big uh, political and economic institutions that own and control and run this country, it is going to take sacrifice. It is going to take um, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people uh, making real sacrifices to build up an organization that is larger than themselves, that is larger than their family, that is larger than their community, um, and putting putting real skin in the game and saying, you know what, I'm going to give up something in my personal life for for the betterment of this organization, for the greater good of the working class, so we can actually win. So we can actually win Medicare for all. So we can actually win living wages. So we can actually make sure that everybody has a pension and nobody is impoverished when they retire. So we can win childcare for all families so that people who they want to have kids can actually go and have kids and not have to uh, consider their inability to afford childcare uh, just by starting a family, right? Um, to be able to win infrastructure and transit uh, investment and improvements to make sure we can uh, build a sustainable and green economy for our grandchildren, right? So for all of these things, it is going to take a sacrifice, not just of time, but also of money. Uh, and But we think it's worth it. We think that everybody pitching in can mean, uh, can mean real change in the long term. Well, I agree. And again, uh, uh, regardless of... Uh, the the other models we talked about uh, the, the emphasis on everyone having a stake in it and the fact of of uh, human nature if you will is that sacrifice uh, gives them that empowerment uh, uh, that people want to be engaged and you're, you're that's what you're looking at Galen I'm speaking with Galen Ash he's a communications chair with Labor Slate uh, independent political organization out of San Francisco Bay Area that ran six candidates at local levels in 2020 and got half of them into office. Uh, before we go into your uh, outlook in the future, I, I would like to cover again those offices that you mentioned where you won from Parks and Rec to health boards, uh, health districts. Uh, I admire that focus. Uh, for one thing, you're building up your bench, which is uh, something right out of the political playbook. And there's no reason to uh, ignore the lessons that have been learned in the past, Galen. But also uh, what you're speaking about there is the commons, I would put it. You know, talk about the common good. You're literally protecting the commons when you have someone representing the workers uh, on uh, the park and rec board to be a bulk work against austerity, against privatization. 100%. Yeah, I think. I think the left, um, not just the left, people in general, but um, for our purposes, the left gets really hung up on these big races for president, for Senate, for Congress, right? Um, and I think we tend to ignore all of the power that exists and is just there for the taking at the local level, which means the difference between um, having um, free and publicly funded programs in your local park versus having to pay for them, which means for a lot of families, not having those programs and services, right? It's the difference between making sure that there's a well-funded public school in your neighborhood for your kids and your neighbor's kids and all the kids in your community uh, versus a charter school, right? Which is what's been happening. And so we're really excited and proud of the fact that, you know, we got Mike Hutchinson elected to the Oakland School Board on a very clear anti-privatization, anti-charter school platform, pro-public schools, investing in our public schools, making sure every kid in Oakland has an amazing public school that they can go to. We got Eduardo Torres elected to the Parks and Recreation Board um, up in Bay Point on a very clear anti-privatization platform. Again, public funding 
uh, for parks and recreation programs. Uh, we got Kimberly Griffin elected to the Sequoia Health District Board um, on the same sort of pro-working class, pro-worker uh, platform um, to make sure that uh, health services in Redwood City are publicly funded and people have access to those programs, right? So there is a lot of power at these local level offices. Um, and it's, it's incumbent on us to not ignore these races, even though they're not necessarily the most glamorous thing in the world, right? But we need working class champions in those positions of power, pulling those levers of power, making those decisions um, in a way that really benefits uh, working class families. And it's, it's to our detriment to ignore them and only focus on the Bernie Sanders of the world, right? Um, so we are, we are focused where, they're, where we can have a real immediate impact on people's lives. But like you said, also building up our bench um, and getting people into elected office who maybe four or eight years down the line uh, might be interested in running for county board of supervisors or California state assembly, right? Um, and that's, that's the real uh, beauty of this project is we're not just having an immediate effect on working families' lives this year. We are also developing and building uh, the experience and, and the leadership capacity of our candidates to take on bigger and bigger challenges into the future and to continue to advance the cause of building a political party uh, for and by and of the working class. Excellent. Uh, just to throw a little uh, little lightheartedness into it, if you'll, if you'll uh, humor me, Galen, uh, sure. I, I just think of that. I mean, it's dead serious, but I always think of that. Uh, what you're proposing there is public schools, public parks, as opposed to the Chuck E. Cheese model, where you, you want your kid to play in a park, come up with a token. You want them to go to exactly. go, go to a good public good school. Come up with a token. Uh, you know yeah. that was actually from Park and Recs, the, the show on a few years ago. And uh, my daughter and I, we always uh, reference that because uh, it's funny. Popular culture can really uh, focus in on a few things, uh, but it, you know that's really what it comes right down to. It. And, and, you know, it's, it's been going on for hundreds of years. It, it, the, it, to me, it's, it's just another um, uh, epic in uh, uh, what started with the enclosures of the commons. And we're seeing it now. And again, you're getting you're really right in the trenches as opposed to uh, hundreds of miles away or thousands of miles away. You're right, literally right in the trenches of those battles, Galen. So with that, uh, again, you, you did very well. Uh, uh, you, you got well, I'm really impressed. Uh, uh, not to be, I'm sure it was a battle, but very impressive uh, to get someone in Oakland. I mean, that's. That's not small potatoes, Oakland School District. Uh, it really a, a good focus on so many issues that um, face American school districts all across the country um, and uh, parks. And again, in, as certainly in COVID, having Kimberly there, who I uh, interviewed uh, in the, the uh, Redwood District there, the public health district. Uh, so you, you're, you're running and gunning there. What's the outlook for um, uh, further on? Yeah, so um, we are super excited about 2022. Um, we have launched our candidate search um, already. Uh, we are really focused on finding labor leaders and community leaders with roots, deep roots in their communities uh, to run for local local level office uh, where they work, where they live. Um, we are definitely excited about expanding beyond the Bay Area. So we're looking at uh, races in the Central Valley um, and up in Northern California um, and in the eastern part of the state as well. Uh, we've already got several candidates who've uh, 
uh, we've reached out to or who have reached out to us and said, hey, I'm interested in running for city council in 2022. I'm interested in running uh, for school board in 2022 in their respective uh, towns and cities. Um, and we are super excited about getting those candidates together uh, over the course of 2021, uh, doing really strong uh, candidate training and development, uh, making sure everybody feels very comfortable and confident uh, with our democratically decided platform and feels uh, really able to speak to the issues that affect their community and, and link those to this broader pro-working class fight that we're engaged in. Uh, but we are also absolutely uh, always eager uh, to hear from new folks who are considering running uh, or somebody who knows a co-worker, knows a family member, knows a friend who, think, who they think would be a fantastic candidate. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, all of our candidates, uh, you know, they adhere to our platform. Um, we do sort of a one-stop shop for building out their campaign infrastructure. Um, and, you know, whether that's organizing and knocking on doors and lit drops and phone banks, but also all of the communications work uh, in terms of de designing uh, the logos, the, the yard signs, the, the leaflets, the pamphlets, the flyers, all of that kind of stuff um, and campaign videos as well. So uh, we would love to hear from folks if they think there's somebody that they think should run. Um, it would be great to, uh, to chat with them. Uh, only conditions are to, to be a labor slate candidate. You can't be a landlord. You can't be a boss. And you can't be a banker. <laughs> but otherwise, we want to hear from you. That's great. You know, Galen, I'm thinking about this, what you're saying. Not only are you providing the, the nuts and bolts, if you will, uh, but you, uh, while you're not going to, you're going to, you're, uh, the fact that your organization gets to pick the candidates, so it's not like you have a hierarchy that picks them is great, but you're not expending, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you're not expending the energy into the primary race where forcing the candidates to go out and solicit support like we talked about. Uh, and, you know, you know, my faith teaches me you can only serve one master. So, so uh, while you're not uh, picking who's going to run in those positions, uh, you're not expending the energy in the primaries nor or uh, the, the compromise. Absolutely, yeah. So we're, we're engaged in nonpartisan races at this point in the game. Um, we imagine, you know, four years from now or so, we probably will run our first candidates for state assembly. And because California has a nonpartisan primary system, um, we will be running candidates as labor candidates uh, in the future, uh, but we we're not quite there yet. Uh, so yeah, we're focused on on nonpartisan races uh, for now, and uh, really excited about all of the folks who've come forward and all the folks who we haven't met yet, um, and we expect to uh, be meeting um, in the coming year um, and developing their campaigns and making sure that they are uh, viable and able to win. And I think I just also want to really emphasize that. We don't endorse candidates. We're not an endorsing organization. Uh, we nominate candidates. So that means um, you can get endorsements if you're a candidate from, you know, any number of groups. But if you're a labor slate candidate, uh, you're, you're on a slate with other labor slate candidates and you work together as a team. Uh, there's a unified messaging strategy, unified communications, same logos, same branding. Um, people are, you know, working together as a team to get everybody elected, right? So we're really getting away from that individualistic model of how campaigns work in this country uh, up to now. 
Excellent. Galen. Galen Ash, communications chair with Labor Slate out of the Bay Area. We all know where that is in America, the San Francisco area. Successfully ran uh, campaigns on there in 2020 for some very linchpin important offices that have direct impact on uh, workers' daily life uh, uh, in the workplace and out of it day to day for themselves and their family. So, uh, Galen, thank you for your time. And I, I'm so encouraged by what you're saying. I mean, you know, to me, it's foundational. Uh, it's the long march <laughs> to borrow from uh, back in the day. Right. I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, get, you know, someone can bust me on that one. Um, uh, but so uh, let's close up here uh, with anything else you want to say and how people can uh, get hold of you and uh, find your organization. And uh, I always say uh, Zuckerberg really didn't make that social media uh, for this intention, but that's just too bad. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, um, I really encourage folks to check out our website. You can find us on laborslate.org. Um, and like I said earlier, if you know anybody who you think would make a great candidate, please uh, please put their name forward. We've got a uh, candidate search form on our website, uh, so you can uh, put them forward for consideration there. Um, and feel free to uh, to reach, us, reach out to us by Twitter or email or Facebook if you have any questions or, or just like to chat more. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Yeah, you've been, you've, uh, you've been great as far as that goes. Uh, you responded immediately when I reached out to your organization, Galen. And this is John Andercheck. Uh, this is for Labor Lines, the radio show, weekly radio show on KRFP right there in Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 in the FM. And uh, Labor Lines, a podcast on Anchor FM and some other platforms now. And uh, uh, Galen, you're going to go up. You also will be able to find this. I'll be putting it up on the Labor Lines Facebook group. So uh, keep in touch. You got anything going on, your generalist assemblies, anything like that, you always have a voice here. Thank you so much, John. We really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to talking again soon. Okay, thanks again. Take care. And we're going to stop right now. KRFP 90.3 FM, Moscow, Idaho. KRFP.org. The show is Labor Lines. I'm John Andertrack. Great interview with Galen Ash. As I mentioned earlier on at the start of the show, uh, that uh, we're going to have some more from the Labor Slate Party out of the Bay Area, speaking with some of their candidates from 2020, successful or not. And also some candidates that are going to be are looking ahead to 2022. Very interested in this. And now we're going to have an interview with Jesse Hart, labor out of Kansas City, Missouri. I'm Andertrack with Labor Lines, the podcast and Labor Lines and a great community radio station, KRFP out of Moscow, Idaho. Joining me today from Kansas City, Missouri, and today is the 5th of February, Joining me today is Jesse Hart. Jesse is a member of Laborers 264 out of Missouri there. He had a tough day today, but he's uh, uh, proud to do the work, uh, abatement uh, work at a basement, I think you said. No, abatement work at a place there in Kansas. But anyways, Jesse, I'll quit, I'll quit rambling here. Thanks for joining me. Just as full disclosure, I'm in the Laborers Union too. But Jesse, what... Uh, got us connected was you started sharing with me on messenger on facebook there um a, the kind of a drawn out a long fight but you guys been winning it uh with right to work uh opposing right to work in missouri so go right ahead 
Okay. Hey, thank you, brother. I sure do appreciate it, man. And and uh, just to clarify, I am currently doing abatement, uh, but I am a well-rounded laborer, and uh, we do it all, man. So, uh, yeah, uh, Missouri, man, it is a it's a strange land, man. Uh, it's um, you know we, we we vote against all these tickets, you know, pro-labored, and we go and vote into the politicians that are trying to cram it down our throat, man. Um, we're actually the uh, the only state to ever repeal right to work, man, and we've done it twice. Um, we like said, once in 1978, we beat it at the ballot box. We overcame a enormous odds to do that. Um, I want to say it was uh, 2014 or 15. Um, we got it. The legislator passed it here, and if we didn't have a friend in the governor, uh, it would have passed, and it, it died on his desk, man. And um, the biggest fight that I think I, that I'm personally was part of that that I know a lot about was the uh, what they call Prop A, Proposition A. You know, it's it's always gimmicky, man. They've always they they do so many tricks at us, man. But I truly believe that this is one of feel good stories, man. In, in labor and uh, Rolling Stone actually has a a great article about it, man. Um, it, it truly was a a David versus Goliath, but um, yeah, it was uh, 2016 uh, when it really got started. You know, um, uh, we had a Governor Grantons here. He was, or he was going to be governor. He was running for governor and uh, on the Trump ticket, and he won in 2016. Well, he won even but a couple months. Come February of 2017, the Republican legislature uh, they passed right to work. Well, here in Missouri, we got a, an unusual constitutional right for the citizen veto, you know, and a lot of states, it just would have been done right there. Well, here in Missouri, we had the opportunity to get 120,000 votes um, to get it put on a ballot to vote before the people. And 10 days before it went uh, into law, we come up with not just 120, we got 311,000 votes um, to put it on the ballot, you know, and it, and, and what's crazy about it is that, um, you had a lot of money coming from the Koch brothers, uh, um, other local powers, um, Citizens for Prosperity and whatnot. Um, they had they were had paid petitioners uh, from out of town. They would come up here and, and they would post up at like uh, Cargo Largo and all these different businesses. And, man, we had a network of union brothers on a, a group we call Union KC, man. And once they sounded the horn, man, one's in your neighborhood, one's over here, man, we were... We were right beside them, man, schooling the people, letting them know what, we, what Prop A really was, man. I swear, it wouldn't be about three minutes, I think, but the longest one guy hung out, man, and he, he'd be lying to his car because these kids, these kids didn't know what they were talking about. And they'd jump in their cars and out of downtown place, man, and they would they would skedaddle, man. But um, anyway, that was just part of the trickery, man. And uh, we ended up getting it on the ballot, man. So uh, they put it on the ballot for the general election, you know, Um Initially, well, last minute they, you know, that gave us I think four or five months to fundraise and get ready for this. You know, I think it was 1982 that the last time that a citizen veto even went through. So I mean, we defy the odds just by getting them to this point, man. And uh, and opposed to putting it on the general election ballot, they fast tracked it and put it up to the primaries on August 7th, man. I'll never forget it. So they fast tracked it thinking they get lower voter turnout, you know, because we had Claire McCaskill, she had it locked, everybody had it locked, and there was no big tickets running, everybody's going to sit at home let it play out. Um, and, uh, man, me and my son, I, he, 
nine years old he was at the time, man. We we probably hung uh, hundreds of signs, man. I all across town that are our polling stations. Um, I actually uh, debated my local councilman here, man, and uh, caught him in multiple lies surrounding right to work. Um, and so he lost a lot of credibility there. I, I'd like to think I've won a lot of, a lot of the people in my area over, man. So uh, long story short, we, uh, we got to moved up to the uh, primaries, man. And, and, and we showed out in, in numbers. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the odds we had here, man. It was, uh, like we only got a quarter million union members here in Missouri. That's 250,000 people, man. We won the whole state by 67%. If every single union member in Missouri did not vote, we still would have won this, this election. I mean, it was crazy. Um, we ended up beating it. Um, uh, obviously we, it, it, it passed by a huge, huge majority. Um, I've actually had a watch party at our, Pipe fitters hall when it actually passed, we watched the numbers come in, man. And it was, you, you almost want to cry, you're so happy, man, but then you just want to grit your teeth because you're so mad that they had the audacity to bring this back um, and put it on us, you know, after we had just, you know, it overwhelmingly got it back on the ballot. So, anyway, um, we're back at it, man. It's, uh, we, we beat it then, man. And uh, they just announced to put it back on the, uh, we, on the ballot, uh, or they just approved it to go through um, last week. Um, they're going to force the right to work on us again, man. And here's the here's the hard part about this one is that they've had so many with the all red legislator, man. They have they have they have made that ballot initiative process just so much harder to do. I mean, they have really whittled away at it, and. Um, I'm still trying to find out some details on it. And like I said, it, it's just happened this last week, man. And man, we here in Missouri got another, we got another big fight ahead of us, man. And, uh, um, if, if one thing for sure that we're, we're ready for, it, man, it's Missouri so bipolar, man, on these, uh, on voting, man. It's like, um, only four counties in the whole state took Clinton over Trump. But a hundred out of 115 voted no on right to work. I mean, this thing crossed Republican lines, Democratic, urban, suburban, rural. I mean, it just, it, it was insane, man. Um, it, we're, just, we're just a strange, strange voting block here in Missouri. But uh, yeah, just wish as well, man. We got another battle on the horizons, man. And uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that Pro Act can uh, come in to help us, man, because some of the some of the initiatives, like the ballot initiative that we have counted on in the past, man, they're, they're they've been weakened pretty bad. So, man, we really you guys really use you guys' thoughts and prayers here in Missouri, man. Is uh we got another fight on our hands. Well, you guys got a lot of fight. The uh, 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 force comes with the fight, as another labor organizer told me. Tressie Hart, Tressie Hart's joined me from Kansas City, Missouri. After work, I don't even know if he had time for supper yet. So I'm, I'm honored. To, to be speaking with you. Um, yeah, it's interesting, though, Jesse, when you talk about bipolar, I mean, I noticed that in this last election, Florida, uh, Trump did better in Florida, I think, than in 2016, but uh, they passed up by 60-some percent, a raise in minimum wage. And then you go on the other side right. of the country in California, which is obviously blue. I mean, it's, it's the epitome of a blue state, right? And uh, they right. passed Prop 22, which stripped the... Uh, 
the gig workers of the basic worker protection. So, um, you know, it's uh, anyone can figure out that puzzle, man. Uh, they'll be the next FDR, in my opinion. If they can figure out how to get those people up, get, uh, you know, the American people looking at um, those pocketbook issues and, and let's quit fighting over guns and whatever. Right. No, no, absolutely, man. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's the trickery, man. I know when it came to this vote no, we had signs made up, vote no, Prop A. And I swear the other side, they've been bought signs look identical to ours, said vote yes. You know, they right. they changed the name. They, you know, if, if the message is gimmicky, man, that should be your first indicator. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what's up with some of these voters, man. But I'm glad that when it counts, they, they, they rally and rally behind us. But, man, they... Make sure make it hang on to the tail of our seat, though, right. in Missouri. Well, yeah. Well, you could done better than I don't. I don't think they. You know, I don't. You know, there's no talk yet of even going the initiative route with uh, right to work here in Idaho. Uh, and certainly telling. You know, uh, as I mentioned, I'm in the laborers. Uh, I don't get any calls. I live in Idaho. I don't get any calls for Idaho. I, I have to go to Washington State to get my work. Um, and my, wow. yeah, you know, uh, and you know what you said about the laborers, let's kind of, uh, talk about our union here for a second, Jesse, uh, when you said you do everything, you know what we say about the laborers, we serve, we serve all the trades. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, we mix the mud, we, we yeah. clean the mud, uh, we place the concrete, we, we do a little bit of everything, man. I, I try to tell my, all my young guys, man, be, be a good ground, you know, and I got, I've been in 15 years, but I got a lot of things I need to learn, but yeah, it, it and, and, you know, improve yourself, you know, improve your, your skills that every chance you get, man. Uh, make yourself more valuable. You don't have too many cards in your pocket. You know? yeah, absolutely, you man. You can't have too many cards in your absolutely. pocket, Jesse. Jesse Hart, uh, um, so you're, it looks like, so you're saying that, once again, it's going through the legislature to uh, pass a right-to-work bill here in Missouri. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, it passed last week, and they got a, we don't got a Democratic governor to, the block at this time, our our uh, ballot initiative has been weakened. Uh, to which degree, I'm not 100% positive yet, but I will know soon. Yes, sir. Well, the money's on you and your brothers over there and uh, uh, the citizens there. Uh, I think people are figuring out the need for unions. We'll see how long it, it really takes to translate across the board, Jesse. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I like to see, I know it sounds just maybe tried at times, but... Uh, in labor, there's wins and losses, but no defeats. Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. Jesse Hart, Kansas City, Missouri. I'm going to put this together. I'll send it your way. Uh, we'll get it out to uh, that uh, World Wide Web uh, soon, and we'll get it up on the radio show. I'll be in touch, and uh, you're, you have a voice here anytime. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it, and uh, you got my number anytime you guys need any help. All right. God bless you. Stay safe. It's tough work you guys are doing. Stay safe. And uh, this is that union-made product, right? Called The Weekend. Absolutely, man. We, we fought for it, man. That's right. That's right. Union-made product. Okay. God bless, Jesse. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. Bye. Oh, take my hand in your hand and walk with me to the promised land Beat your drum and join the band And we'll chase away the clouds of the morning We don't need any more than we are We don't have to be 
of power In these legs and arms and the voices that we can raise No, we won't go away I have heard the crowds of the old and the young When the steel canyons echoed with the songs that were sung And the streets were filled and the law was undone And the fever of the people was breaking We don't need any hand-me-downs We're not looking for charity Cause we've been fooled We've been jerked around And there's only so much we can take No, we won't go I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the
To stand on common ground Oh, you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union Oh, you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union Till the day I die Oh, you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. I'm sticking with the union till the day I die.
My dad was a miner, my daddy's daddy too Union God and country was all they ever knew They worked from early morning till the evening was so blue When they strike the mine, they walk the line, cause that's just what you do And you're born in West Virginia, a miner through and through Union God and country was all you ever knew West Virginia, golden blue Union, God and country was all we ever knew Before there was a union, the company was king Working fingers to the bone, couldn't show a thing You shifted cold to Friday, do you pay country from his West Virginia ghost album that came out recently before that what did we have power in the union with bit by Billy Bragg before that union made Billy Bragg Ruthie Miranda New York City labor chorus among others and we started out this mu music set excuse me with the new students we won't go away that was right after the interview with Jesse Hart. And we're going to go out pretty soon with the new students covering Warren Zevon's Don't Let Us Get Sick. The show is Labor Lines. You can find the entire show loaded up on Anchor FM, Labor Lines Podcast, among other platforms, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, Spotify. Find the entire show after it airs, as well as standalone interviews. KRFP is a community-supported, community-supporting radio station. I hope you will go to krfp.org and find out how you, too, can become part of this. Thank you. Let us get 
Make us 